Welcome to Sharing Social, the monthly show that connects the people behind the hashtags with content, ideas, and insights. I'm Ian. I'm Becca. What's up, everyone? I'm Addie. You guys remember Sharing Social Community, our monthly meetups before the lockdown. So welcome back. But if you're new to Sharing Social, this is the monthly show where we talk all things social media, like video, personal branding, Facebook ads, influencer marketing, TikTok, social listening, the list goes on. And today's theme is all about social media for business. But before we crack on with that, I've got a a big question uh, to ask the other guys about social media. Now, MySpace was the very first social media platform. Do you remember the very first social media platform that you used? Addy, kick us off. Ooh, such a good question. Um, I don't know if this is technically social media, but Becca will probably have a very similar answer. It would be the AIM, uh, the AIM. And my <laughs> very first username, I remember, was Addy Bear. It was like four R's drawn out. Um, but I would use it as a way to kind of connect with my friends and kind of let them know what I was doing. So in like a really weird way was like a mini Twitter <laughs> So you're using, uh, you're referring to a, a, like a more like a chat service as the yeah. very first kind of social media because chat services are social media. WhatsApp, we would say, is a social media platform. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Becca? I was the same. So I had um, an equally as cringeworthy username. I think mine was something to do with <laughs> a bunny rabbit. Um, and I, yeah, I, thinking back, it was a bit weird, like going into chat rooms and stuff so young but whatever um but I remember that was the only thing I really used kind of consistently until getting my first Twitter account and then that was it I was on everything at that point (laughs) so Twitter is the kind of more let's say traditional social media platforms was the the first network that you joined Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah. I think um for me it was Facebook for sure Uh, I never had a MySpace account, uh, contrary to popular belief. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but um, I've, uh, yeah, it was when everyone started to get on it and it automatically sent out emails because you could upload your contact list and it automatically send out emails to, to those friends and say, hey, so-and-so is on Facebook, why aren't you joining? And I think it was after about the 60th email I received, I... Uh, I got involved. So after you were using AIM, Addy, what was the more traditional network that you platform that you got involved with? Not to me Rebecca in any way, but yeah, I would definitely say Twitter. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily post about social media, but I would post about um, just feminist rants about what I was learning about in my very liberal school at the time. Um, and I had maybe like a handful of followers and it was embarrassing and and cringeworthy as well but (laughs) it sort of got to like dip my toes into the social media realm and kind of making a presence um known in my little network of four people has that that following grown from four since (laughs) um no i think it's probably about to stay the same (laughs) since 2011 (laughs) um which would you say now is your most uh, most popular uh, most used for you your, your network which would you say you use most Ooh, I, it's a toss up between Pinterest and Instagram for sure. Insta, like I'll post anything exciting that I'm doing on an Insta story. Um, but Pinterest is like my late night guilty pleasure where I'll research, you know, recipes or DIY crafts and save them to boards. So, um, I am definitely that stereotype. (laughs) 
Pinterest, yeah, uh, and yeah. Insta. Does that sound familiar, Becca? Would you agree? Yeah, I feel like Addie and I are the same person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really bad. I think the only addition would be, and that's kind of the last year, would be TikTok, which I've actually had to like limit myself on because if I go on it, I'll be on there for three hours. Like that's just how it goes. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to use that in moderation amongst Pinterest and Twitter. And when you say on it, do you mean you're recording the videos and publishing them or you're scrolling through everyone else's? It's a bit of both, mostly scrolling through everybody else's. I have two accounts. I have one that's more for like fun meme content and then one for social media stuff. Um, when it was, when we had more daylight, I was into recording things, but now that's, that's just gone out the window. <laughs> I think TikTok has a place um today though we're talking about using social for business which kind of leads on to one of my favorite networks that i use the most and that's linkedin it seems like linkedin would be the most appropriate for say business or professionals um but actually you've got networks like tiktok that big brands could use even in a more professional sense what would you think about that um i was going to call you tiktok then what do you think about that then, Becca? <laughs> I think I think there is a place for big brands to be using TikTok. They don't necessarily have to jump on the trends that people kind of jump to when they think about TikTok, like people dancing and stuff. You don't have to do that. You can be creative and include it. But something I found recently is um, looking at employees from um, these bigger brands and they kind of give mini vlogs or tutorials um, or even sort of story times about situations that they've come across within their work day. So you sort of see that window into what it's like um, and on, on the kind of human to human level rather than here's a big brand like we're going to hide behind our name. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, just to go back to that, seems like the more obvious platform for um, professional services. Um the danger is, though, that it just sounds and feels so boring because LinkedIn is one of the, dare I say it, drier social networks, right? It could be more fun if brands used it in a in a in a different way. Uh, I don't know, Addy, if you've kind of had experience on on LinkedIn and um, you know, if come across brands using it in a, a little bit more of a, an interesting way than the usual boring. Let's post out a white paper stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't really caught or seen the wave of brands utilizing LinkedIn. Um, not as much, I think, as out creatively as I would have hoped. But what I am noticing is that a lot of people within companies are starting to vocalize their opinions and their viewpoints. And it's becoming a little bit more personal. So LinkedIn was very, very professional for a very long time. And then now it's sort of trickling into like a bit of the controversial questions, right? And the thought provoking and adding that personal side. Um, as, as I, each day goes on, it's mirroring a little bit of Facebook, which is interesting. I'm mm. um, still, still trying to always kind of tie it back into business, but they're, they're dropping hints. So I think it's just a matter of time before brands hop on the bandwagon. Do you think that uh, LinkedIn will get a bit more interesting now it's introduced LinkedIn stories? Do you think people will be a bit more daring in what they post Ooh. now it's only going to be temporary? Yeah, yeah. It's like Twitter fleets, right? Who knows? Maybe this is going to be the gateway. <laughs> Twitter what? <laughs> <laughs> I think we came on to that later. What about return on investment when it comes to social media? Because when big brands and, and, and other companies, other commercial entities use um, social 
uh, or any marketing material for, for that matter. Um, return on investment is really important. When businesses and big brands use social media, they want to see a return on their social media investment. But what, what are they getting in return for all that investment that they're, they're making? What's, what's the success look like? So there can be, it depends on the, the goals and the objectives of the campaign. So if you're looking to make a sale, then that's going to be success. But something I always like to look at, and one of the reasons as well that professional services need to look at content, which is going to educate and inform their audience, is to help out other areas within the business. So if you think you've got a company um, with a busy customer services team, you can use social media to better inform your audience and then make the workload of the customer service team reduce because you're getting less inquiries that way because people already know what to do in that scenario. And that's a really good way of measuring the return of investment. So not only are you making sales, making money that way, but you can save money elsewhere within the business as well. So Twitter then probably is the platform to use for more customer service or related communications than than say some of the other more uh, professional networks like LinkedIn, for example. Yeah, definitely. And you can you can get really granular with it and look at how long the average response time is from your team, replying to people who are sending in those queries on social media. And that's how you can kind of optimize your campaigns as well. So how can you speed it up internally so people are getting that that information quicker? And if you look at what are people asking, that can actually help guide the content that you create as well. That's a really good point. Um, you know, uh, understanding where's, uh, where people's pain points are and what challenges they're having can, can certainly help your own bigger techs. I think that's, uh, yeah, excellent. What about any other kind of returns? Maybe even more commercial returns. What, what are the big reasons why brands and businesses are using social at all? Brands want to get involved in social, usually because of one of the following objectives. They're looking to attract new talent to the company. They want to showcase company culture, build awareness of their product or service or educate their audience. Okay. So within those four main objectives, we'll be looking at different metrics. We'll be analyzing the audiences, looking at which platforms are going to be the best. Um, but definitely, I think, Addy, you've got some more to say on this. We've noticed a lot of misconceptions that clients have about setting objectives for social um, there have been, I've heard a lot of misconceptions when we've been speaking, not just with clients, but anyone who's thinking more about getting involved in social. But uh, yeah, as Becca said, Addy, you've been collecting some. Let's go through them. What have we got? <laughs> Do I have so many in my pocket to pull out? Um, yeah, so I have a few. Uh, my audience isn't even on social media is probably the number one. Um, and there's a really good Steve Carell gif that my face kind of goes towards instantly when I hear this. Um, but yeah, that is definitely not the case. I think it's just a matter of finding which platform your audience is engaging with and is on. Um, another one I found is when clients or prospective clients say, I don't have a big enough budget to create high performing video content. Um, this one is really, it's, it's an important topic to address because I think video content just performs light years more than any carousel or still image. Um, and the fact that there's so many resources out there where you can collect royalty-free and copyright-free footage, you can create beautiful content for really low budget. 
Becca, you and I put an infographic together quite recently on running a social media campaign. And in particular, the uh, the kind of content that gets great engagement. Do you remember what the uh, engagement rate for video on social was? It was around 6%. 6%. That's quite high. The highest, in fact, out of all the types of uh, rich content you could have. Um, anyway, Addy, what's the third misconception? It is, I can't measure my return on investment on my social media investment. And that is simply not true. In today's day and age in 2020, with every social media platform, there are high-end analytics you can pull from, um, including user insights. You can compare between your specific audience to the general audience on that platform. So there are tons of resources to track and to measure and to alter from that point. Um, the fourth one that I've collected in my, my pocket, um, would be as my client is fearful of negative comments on my channels. And this one, Beck and I have had so many conversations about, but I don't know if you wanted to elaborate on it because you have more, um, experience with this one. Yeah. I think it's just really important. If you have a client in that situation, preparation is key. So we always would put together a playbook, which informs everyone on the social team of what to do in any given scenario, which could crop up and result in any negative comments. And that's basically what you've got to do. You've got to be prepared. Everyone needs to know what role they'll play should that scenario occur. Um, and then I would always say as well, if you end up in that situation where something has been said, review it, see if it's just a troll comment, see if it's spam, or if it's something more serious, take a moment to reflect amongst the whole team before saying something. Um, that hasn't been planned. So I would say, yeah, don't don't let that stop you doing social media altogether because there are ways around it. Yeah, I completely agree. And also too, Becca, how good is this one? It doesn't matter what I post as long as I post often. <laughs> I, Our souls just cringe. <laughs> I li yeah, I literally have no words. <laughs> I think that a lot of companies and people that work within these companies are under a lot of pressure to produce output. So to just bang out as much content as possible to expedite the brand awareness. But I think that is such a misconception and sort of the wrong approach, if I could be so bold, um, because you want to make sure that whatever you're posting is thoughtful and has purpose because then in return, you're going to get authentic engagement. So um, I always vote for posting less to receive more because if you post more, you'll probably receive less. I think it's just got to be about quality. You've mentioned already, right? Uh, over quantity. And when it stops becoming, I use a kind of maxim of original, valuable and shareable. If it's none of those things, then it's probably time you put away the social media app and and save it for another day. Uh, so those have been five misconceptions. Um, thank you, Addy, for collecting all those. Um, for those of you who remember the Sharing Social London meetups, we always had a bit at the beginning where we went through some of the um, social media news and new things that have been happening uh, while we were away. Well, we've put that section out at to, towards the end of the podcast um, and instead of me delivering the news it's going to be very much over to Becca and Addy to talk about it and we've got two pieces of news today let's start Becca with uh, Instagram guides tell us all about them Instagram guides are my new favorite thing and might make me enjoy Instagram more as an app again so I am sure both of you, Addy especially, Ian, I'm not actually sure if you now said that, but if you ever find yourself saving posts to come back to later, 
Instagram guides are a way to put them together in um, a guide, as the name suggests, so that both you and your audience can come back to them and revisit them. And then you can share them on your stories and use it as a hub of resources. So, for example, I know that I save a lot of social media content on my Instagram feed, TikTok tips, best practices, that kind of thing, and could create a guide um, from all of those saved posts, which are sitting in my collections at the moment. And then I can come back to them um, later more easily and share them with my audience too. Addy, I think we were talking about, weren't we, about all the ways that you want to use because you've saved a lot of different types of content. Oh my gosh, yeah. The variety is just absolutely endless. But I've always thought it'd be really interesting to bring it into base creative. So I have a lot of clients that ask me what they can do to add quality to their videos and sort of their home productions, if you will. And so I've created a bunch of video guidelines for them. And I think it'd be really interesting to create an IG guide. So if they go onto our Instagram platform and they click on the guide, it's readily available for anyone to use. Yeah, so instead of having clients reach out to me to ask for the PDF version to be sent to their email, they can just go onto our Instagram profile and have it be readily available for them. So definitely something I would love to explore. Um, Next up, I've heard that Twitter has jumped on the stories bandwagon. Becca, tell us all about that. They have indeed. So now Twitter has fleets, which are fleeting moments which appear at the top of your feed. They are in the story format, which we are familiar with um, on pretty much all platforms now. As you would expect, they last for 24 hours. Anyone who can see your Twitter profile can see your fleets. And you can share text, reactions, photos, or videos. They are currently a little bit more clunky than stories that you would see on Instagram. You don't have as many um, customization options. They're a little bit less polished than Instagram stories. Um, and the, the question is, what are they to be used for? Hmm. And, and can businesses or should businesses even use them? I'd be interested to see if anyone else uses them. Um, and if they do become successful, then, you know, it might give them a go. Uh, I do say to myself, I should try at least everything once. So maybe uh, I will and uh, I'll, uh, I'll feed back. Uh, Addy, do you have any intentions to give that a go? I'm sure you do, right? You know, shocking. You might be surprised at this answer. I don't think so, because if I'm going to be producing content, I would like for it to have some longevity to it. Because on Instagram, you can save it, right? And you can save it to a highlight. So obviously the story will disappear within 24 hours, unless if you do save it to the highlight. And I think that that sort of gives you that longevity of the post, um, which means that, you know, your work isn't completely brushed under the rug within 24 hours. Becca, thank you for doing the research and bringing uh, the the latest in social media news to our podcast. Um, hopefully, guys are now feeling up to date. Um, we want to end on a, a bit of a fun note. Um, so at the end of each podcast, I'm going to ask these two guys, and I'm also going to bring one as well, a fun social media fact. Three fun facts to end the show. I'm going to kick things off. All right. So Facebook, uh, have a guess. How many, on average, how many Facebook friends people have? I'm going to start with you, Addy. First off, do you know how many Facebook friends you have? You know how many Facebook friends <laughs> I have, Ian. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I should find out. But um, <laughs> I, I have no idea how many Facebook friends I have. I almost think that it's below the average number. Um, Becca, do you, do you know how many Facebook friends you have? Maybe around like 250-ish. But mm. I don't know. I don't really check that in the same way I might say Instagram followers. Right. It's not one of those kind of vanity metrics anyone really cares about as much as how many people are following them. Um, I think, I think that, that 150 is the, the most, uh, number of friends people can actually have and remember. But the average number of Facebook friends is well over double that. It's 338. So there you go. You're informed. That's the average number of Facebook friends everyone has. Uh, Addy, what's your fun social media fact? Well, there is a reason you will never see Facebook's server down. And the reason for this is because every single minute of downtime that Facebook has costs approximately 24,420 US dollars. Approximately 24,000 something hundred and something dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is $24,000 for every minute of minute. server downtime. Um, I thought it would be more, actually. The amount of revenue that they generate through ads, I assume that's where the lost revenue is. Yeah. I thought it would be more. Um, wow. But still, 24 grand out of your pocket every minute. That's a lot. That is that is a hefty fee. <laughs> I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg can afford it. Um, yeah, be fine. Becca, and, and to end with you, give us a fun fact. So I'm going to ask you a little, a quick question. Back in February, when we were allowed to go on holiday, lastminute.com ran a TikTok campaign and they had over 10.5 million impressions, a click-through rate of 18%. But I want you to guess what the average watch time of these TikTok ads was. Hmm. Average watch time of these TikTok ads. I'm going to say 10 seconds, maximum 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Addy? Mm, three seconds 30 three wow. three you are spot on it was 3.18 seconds Ooh. so that goes to show that no matter how much budget you have on tiktok you could be running a really really small campaign or a huge campaign like this one was the attention span on tiktok especially on ads is so so short so you have to make sure that the value that you're Otherwise, that's it. You've lost them forever. Let's scroll on. Have you measured the average time you watch any of the TikTok videos uh, during your kind of TikTok time? I'm not going to answer that because it's probably way too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, Addy Becker, thank you for doing the research and finding out three fun facts uh, or a fun fact each. Um, for that part of the show. Um, quick recap. So we've spoken about social media platforms and how some of the big brands and big businesses uh, are using it, um, are using social for business. We've also shared some news about IG guides and also Twitter fleets. Um, this has been episode zero in the new year when we have our first episode proper, episode number one. In January 2021, we'll be talking more social media news, great insights and ideas. Uh, and also we hope we hope to have a very special guest join us uh, for an interview. The format will be slightly different, including an interview and also a shout out to a business or to a person in our sharing social community. Addy, welcome to Sharing Social. Have you enjoyed the show? I absolutely have. Thank you for letting me dip my toes into the sharing social pool. Brilliant. You're going to be bringing back our interviews on a regular basis, aren't you? 
I sure am. Yeah, I'm absolutely so excited. I will be interviewing, hopefully, like you said, a very special guest from one of my favorite social media platforms next month. Um, and that will be talking all about inclusion and diversity in social media. So that is an episode you definitely do not want to miss. Brilliant. And it's great to have Becca um, join me and, of course, Addy on the Now Sharing Social stage. Not just working tirelessly behind the scenes, doing all the hard work. Um, so that was our first episode, episode zero. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show as well. You can get involved and be on the show uh, by following us uh, and tweeting us at Sharing Social LDN or on our Instagram at Sharing Social London. We will see you in 2021. Have a brilliant Christmas. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you then. Thanks very much. <laughs>